There's a famous baseball movie that once said, let the kids play. It's great advice, and it's exactly what the Reds should do in the 2023 baseball season. We'll discuss that and a whole lot more on today's Locked on Reds. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I did it again. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction into information for you. Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. And I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. We encourage you, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter, or if you're here on YouTube, make sure you drop a thought into our comment section because talking Reds is what we do, and we want to talk Reds with you. And on today's podcast, where we will talk some Reds with you, we're going to talk about the pitching mostly as Bobby Nightingale came out with an article in the Inquirer listing eight guys who have a shot at the number four and number five spot in the rotation. We're going to rank those eight guys and maybe a guy who wasn't on the list who we think could at least be somewhere on the list. Plus we're going to look at the bullpen because there are a couple of spots that are available there. And there's a lot more Nate guys that are competing for any spot in the bullpen whatsoever. So we're going to try to make sense of that. Plus defense, defense, defense. The Reds sucked at it last year. They need to be better at it this year. We're going to tell you why probably not that hard to figure out why but yeah we're gonna talk about that coming up later on but steve i want to begin today's podcast by looking at the starting pitching we talked about brandon williamson yesterday as it was announced that he is going to be the starter for saturday's spring training opener but really the gist of it all who is going to be the number four and the number five starter when this team breaks camp because there's a lot of guys that are trying for those two spots I think there's two ways to go about this. One one way to look at the fourth and the fifth spot in the rotation is they're just going to throw all these guys out there and pick the best two, uh, whether that's two rookies or whether it's a veteran and a rookie, whatever they end up and how that shakes out. I don't think that's what they're going to do. I, I think they have in their mind that that number four spot is going to be a veteran guy. It's going to be a Luis Sessa. It's going to be a Weaver. It's going to be somebody that's pitched a little bit in the major leagues and that's not getting their first taste of big league baseball. Uh, the fifth spot I think is where the rookie comes into to play. Uh, we'll have the three, the, the big three sophomores pitching one, two, and three, a veteran guy in the four spot. And then that fifth spot I think is a battle between three names, Brandon Williamson, Levi Stout and Andrew Abbott. This is an interesting thing because most of the time you and I agree on stuff, but I totally disagree with you here. If they had gone out and gotten a Johnny Cueto, if they had gone out and gotten a, a Cordy Kluber or, 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 or even maybe somebody that wasn't even on their level, I would have agreed with you. They didn't. Anybody that is a veteran in this position battle is a veteran because they've actually played baseball before, not because they did it at any sort of high level. Like the one guy that they signed that the tagline in every article about his signing being veteran pitcher, Luke Weaver, he has not been a starter for the last two years. In fact, 
He hasn't pitched in more than 66 innings since 2018. We're, we're talking about some guys, and, and again, he could probably begin the year out of camp in that fourth spot, but to just say, and, and, and you're probably right because this is how they may think about it, but to think about it in this manner would be foolish. I think that when you look at these eight guys, you've got to power rank the young guys up top. you got to give them the first shot. And then your depth is behind you with guys like Sessa and Overton and, and, and Weaver and all this other stuff. So let, let's, let's do this. Let's break this down. Let's, let's say, okay, these eight guys, let's power rank them right now. How do you rank them? I think my number one guy on the list is the guy we spent a lot of time talking about yesterday. Uh, I would put Brandon Williamson as the number one inside track guy to get one of the two spots in the rotation, whether that's the fourth spot or the fifth spot. I think that's his job to lose at this point for a lot of reasons. One, if he's pitching uh, in 2023, like he was pitching in 2021, uh, it's a no brainer. He should be the fifth guy in this rotation. Uh, The second piece of that that is by putting Brandon Williamson in the rotation. If he is uh, any type of success at all as a starting pitcher for the Reds this season, that's a win for the front office. That's a win for all of the people that worked on the trade that brought Brandon Williamson into this organization. It's a win for Derek Johnson. So, you know, all of those, all of those factors, I think do play into this that, you know, they brought this guy in to do exactly this, to, to come up and take a spot in this rotation. So I think that's why he's number one for me. I agree with that. And I think that the Reds kind of tipped their hand a little bit with that, making him the first starter. And I kind of agree with you what you said yesterday on our episode. And again, we talked a lot about Brandon Williamson on Wednesday's episode. But um, as we kind of look at him, like he probably came into camp in like the best shape and he was the most ready. And that may be the reason that they picked him. But I don't think that it was simply just that they know that they're looking for him for a rotation spot for me. I, yeah, I agree with you. I think he's number two or number one, number two, I'm just going to the other rookie, the other guy that the Reds got from the Mariners. And I'm going to Levi stout. He pitched a lot better. If you look at his numbers from 2022, his numbers, when he was in the Mariners organization before the trade were kind of pedestrian. He had a low four ERA not, great numbers, whether you're talking about strikeouts, the walks and things like that. But after the trade, it was like he calmed down. It was like he figured something out. And lest we forget, and this was something that Bobby Nightingale noted in his article, he was actually in contention for the Mariners number five spot in their rotation last spring training. He was kind of a fringe candidate, not necessarily considered a favored guy, but they considered him a candidate last year. So I think that there's a little bit of not necessarily old hat, but a little bit of comfort for him being in this position battle. And I think he's got a leg up on the rest of the guys. Say what you will about the veterans that are in this conversation. I think all of them have enough warts to make me want to see the rookies over what we already know about them. You know, the thing from Levi Stout for me is I feel like I need to see just a little bit more. Uh, and, I, and I know that's ridiculous to say. He's pitched several years in the minor leagues now, but I, I feel like I need to just see a little bit more out of him. Uh, he, I guess it's it's possible he could pitch his way into that spot during the spring. Uh, stranger things have happened. 
Uh, but for me, I think he's the guy, he's that fringe guy. I think he's that guy that's the first man up from Louisville if something happens somewhere along the way. I think they send him, he gets his starts. And then whether if he goes there and dominates and they bring him or he goes there and somebody needs to skip a turn in the rotation and they bring him, I think that's how he gets in. So for me, I think if we're going to assume health on all of these pitchers that we have on our list and all these guys that are vying for the spot, I think for me, uh, Connor Overton is probably the next most interesting guy to have a rotation spot because if he's healthy and able to pitch in the rotation anywhere near uh, like he was pitching in May of last year when he was in this Reds rotation, uh, I think that gives him a leg up and that could that could qualify crazily, uh, you know, as not throwing another rookie to the Wolves even though he was only in this rotation for a month. Uh, you know, I just I I, I feel like. Uh, he's a guy that already knows how to do it. So uh, if he is able to pitch anywhere close, then he would be my, you know, I guess we're at number three, if we're going back and forth here, but you know, two, three area as a guy that could to take one of these rotation spots. And I think healthy, if he's healthy, I think he has a leg up on the other veterans because he's shown flashes of being really good as a, a major league starter. And I think the fact that the bullpen is such a mess is going to hurt Luis Sessa's chances at being a starter like he wants to be. I think team need is going to prevail there, and he's going to end up in the bullpen. Yeah, and especially when you look at the fact that with these young guys and, and with a couple of guys coming up through the system this year, maybe you get an Andrew Rabbit or a Connor Phillips that knocks on the door a little bit at some point this year. Um, but also just the idea that maybe he goes to Mexico and he's not you know, the Mexican team for the World Baseball Classic and he's not a starter. He's a relief pitcher that's going to mess up his ramp up time there too. I, I still haven't seen exactly what the plan is there. I've been trying to look up and see, um, but I'm not sure, but I'm with you. I think even if he goes to the Mexican team and he is a starter, I still give Connor Overton a leg up on him because what we saw from Luis Sessa, you know, he was okay whenever he got up to speed as a starter last year, but I don't necessarily look at him and, and I'm comfortable handing him the ball every fifth day because it felt like there were certain innings in all of his starts where he would blow up and, and and maybe he was able to limit the damage in that inning, but there were some outings that he didn't. And then he got pulled super early. So I, I don't think I'm comfortable giving a starting spot to Luis Sessa over Connor Overton. I also think, and, and you said this um, talking about health, one guy that's off the list for me, I I'm not even ranking Justin Dunn. And, and that is because of the shoulder. Like we're hearing, Again, okay, last year he came over from the Mariners and he was delayed because of a shoulder injury. And he pitched a little bit with down velo because of his shoulder wasn't 100%, but he was still pitching. Yep. And then he went back on the IL at some point last year with a shoulder injury. And he was out. And then he got healthy over the offseason. And then he came back to camp. And now he has a shoulder injury. Like, come on. We're, 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 this is... What we talk about Tyler Stevenson and all the flukiness of the injuries that he suffered last year, this is injury prone. This is what you talk about when you say a guy has a problem with injuries. And I'm a little bit worried that we may not see what Justin Dunn can bring to this team because of his shoulder problems. Well, and it's unfortunate, Jeff, because clearly this is a guy that has some talent and has some ability to, to pitch a baseball when healthy. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, as you say, injury prone, just not able to, to overcome this thing. Uh, I, I starting to lean 
putting him in the same category where we put guys like TJ Antone, which is I am not going to count on anything from yeah. him. And now if we get something great, that's icing, that's a bonus. What a pleasant surprise. Uh, but I think at this point it would be foolish to rely on him and count on him to be anything in 2023. And, and there's a couple of other guys and, and we can, we can probably get into them if they, they start pitching really well in spring training and stuff like that. But like Ben Lively, Kevin Herget, both are non-roster invitees that are Let's just say they're quadruple A guys. Like, I mean, Kevin Herget got called up last year. He pitched seven innings as a 31 year old rookie. It's just gotten to the kind of point like he's he's trying to break into the major leagues. And I hope that maybe he can show us something, but I don't think I'm counting on either one of these guys to really break into the rotation. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that assessment. We'll we'll dig into those guys if uh if they force us, like much like if they force the Reds to include them in the plans, if they yeah. force us to include them in the plans, we will definitely dig a little bit deeper on them as spring progresses. You know, you mentioned Andrew Abbott, and I just want to say this about him. I think at some point in time in 2023, we'll see Andrew Abbott in Cincinnati. I, I don't know that it, I don't know that they're ready to even include him in the, you know, air quotes competition for the fourth or fifth rotation spot, he would have to have, I think, a tremendous spring to bust through that door and be in this rotation uh, at the beginning of the year. But I do believe he's going to go to Louisville. He's going to make a handful of starts down there, and we're going to be hearing, oh, Andrew Abbott, he looks good. Andrew Abbott, he looks ready, and then we'll see him. We'll see him by the end of May. I, I'm almost certain of it, the way that he's progressed and the buzz that is surrounding him. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly hopeful that that's how the things play out with him. I, I definitely agree there. And, and, and look, we mentioned Luke Weaver, whatever. He, he probably will be uh, a key member of the rotation at some point this season. Maybe not. I kind of look at him more as a bullpen piece. Even when the Reds signed him, I was just like, this isn't the veteran guy that we're talking about here. And I'm I, I sure think everybody said, I'm pretty sure you said he couldn't start for Kansas City. What makes anybody think he can start for the Reds? I think that's what you said. And that wasn't an opinion. If you look at his baseball reference page, he pitched for the Royals out of the bullpen. Well, listen, Jeff, we've talked about the rotation, and I think uh, what you and I both agree on is, if at all possible, they need to let the young guys pitch in the rotation, and that's their fastest, best avenue to success. But coming up, let's continue this theme of pitching. Uh, now that we've talked about the rotation, let's dig into the bullpen and the candidates for a lot of open jobs out in the Reds bullpen. We're going to talk about that coming up in just a minute. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to talk to you about the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, we are at, and we're actually beyond now, the midway point of the NBA season, and it's the perfect time to download and join FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. New customers at FanDuel get a no-sweat first bet where you get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is head to FanDuel right now, download the FanDuel Sports app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Uh, if you're not interested in betting on the NBA, you can check out the MLB Futures. They got a lot of interesting stuff that you can wager on over at FanDuel uh, regarding future bets for Major League Baseball. And here's an interesting one. Uh, the odds that Hunter Green 
wins the National League Cy Young Award this year are 50 to 1. Now, you know, I don't know that it's a safe bet to think he might win the Cy Young Award, but I'll tell you this. I think Jeff's right when he says that uh, as this season progresses, Hunter Green is going to find his way into that conversation. So why not throw a few bucks down at FanDuel uh, on Hunter Green winning the National League Cy Young Award? Because when when he hits it big, you'll definitely hit it big, at least according to FanDuel. Uh, so don't miss your chance to head over to FanDuel, download the app, take advantage of your no-sweat first bet where you're going to get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. Just head to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And now that sports betting is legal in Ohio, Locked On has you covered with the perfect show to help new and seasoned gamblers make the smartest bets each time they log on. You can download and subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast for daily picks and analysis. It is available wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up tomorrow, it's another Aloha Friday, where Jeff and I go live at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time uh, to talk Reds baseball, to take your comments, and to take your questions. Join us on the YouTube uh, Locked On page to participate in the Aloha Live Friday edition of the Locked On Reds. That's tomorrow for you. Uh, but before we get to the Aloha Friday edition, Jeff, we have to continue to work our way through this pitching staff because as many questions as there are in this rotation with two spots being open on the back end of it, uh, the bullpen, there's a couple guys that are locks, I think. And then there's a couple guys that are probably locks that I don't know necessarily agree that they should be locks, but they are. And then there's a lot of guys that uh, have an opportunity to make this team. God help us uh, with some open bullpen slots. So uh, how do you want to dig through this? Maybe let's just start with the easy one. There's a guy, he's the closer. He's Alexis Diaz. Yeah. Alexis Diaz is a stone cold lock. There is no outside of injury. There's no reason that he shouldn't be in this bullpen. I think that there's two other guys outside of injury, and it sounds like Lucas Sims is completely healthy, so he's a stone-cold lock. And Buck Farmer, depending on where you look, I know that uh, Baseball Reference had uh, had uh, Alexis Diaz at 3.1 wins above replacement last year. Fangraphs only had him at one win, wins above replacement. Fangraphs also had Buck Farmer at one win above replacement, so had them almost equal value. So I think Buck Farmer should definitely be included there's two other guys, and I know that we can kind of discuss them a little bit, but Revar San Martin and Ian Jabot, for me, are locks on this bullpen. I'm not saying they're locks on the Dodgers. They're not locks on the Yankees. They're locks on the Reds right now, simply because when you look at the rest of the options on this bullpen, you, you cannot tell me that out of the rest of the dudes on this list, there's anybody who has a better shot at being a lock. No, for let's start with Reaver San Martin. Listen, uh, he struggled as a starting pitcher. His numbers last season were inflated because of the time he was used as a starter. Uh, Reaver San Martin was pretty good out of the bullpen. Uh, I, I, I found that he was very useful and and he did a good job uh, in that role and what the Reds asked him to do. Uh, I, I don't know that I category him as a lock, but he's one of those middle guys. He's one of those middle guys that you're absolutely right on this team. 
Yes, absolutely. He's a guy that will pitch. He'll be available. He'll be a middle innings guy uh, setting up things for Sims and Diaz. No problem with that. Ian Jabot is an, is one like, you know, he's replacement level. He's, I, I get that. He's here. Like yeah. he has a pulse. Uh, and apparently, you know, those are the big requirements. He's here and he has a pulse. I don't know. I, I mean, you know, he didn't impress me. I, you know, we watched him pitch you and I uh, together live a few times. We both were just like, eh, whatever. Um, right. And I, I guess that's okay for your like second middle innings kind of guy. Eh, he's okay. Um, but yeah, he has a job. They're paying him the money. Uh, he's participating in the world baseball classic for great Britain. And, and he'll be in this bullpen. Yeah, so that makes five spots spoken for, and you got five starters, so you only have three spots left because you can only carry, at most, 13 pitchers. So three bullpen spots, and there there are a lot of names. We're not going to try to power rank all the names because, let's face it, this is is a key. We'll get lost. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and and let's let's, – be fair we're probably going to waste our own time at that point uh but there are a couple of guys to watch out for and i think the first guy for me and i have him listed on here as second but he's the first guy that i'm looking at is ricky karcher he's a guy that we talked a little bit about with tom nichols if you go back and check out those episodes he had a lot to say about ricky karcher and about he he was kind of a a flame-throwing kind of guy it's got a nice breaking ball he's going to be able to mix in there So I think that he is a dude that falls into the category, and I want to carry this over because we talked about the rotation, want to see the young guys pitch. I want to see the young guys pitch in the bullpen too because there are a lot of guys, especially on the non-roster invite list, Hunter Strickland, that I don't want to see anywhere near Grand American Ballpark's mound. Absolutely. Look, I I, I hear you with Karcher, and and Tom had a lot of good things to say about Karcher. I think looking at the list of uh, also available to be in this Reds bullpen. There's two names for me that jump out. Fernando Cruz is one of them. I'm interested to see what he does this spring. There's a lot of of buzz building around him towards the end of last year, and I want to see how that carries over. And then the other guy that I think uh, probably has a, a leg up on everybody else is Joe Kunal. I think if he comes into spring training and pitches well, he's going to find himself in this Reds bullpen. Uh, those are the two guys that I'm kind of looking at, which he calmed down really at leaves. the end of last year. I did like what he was doing. Yeah. So I, I think between those two guys, I think we really have then just one spot that has 10 dudes that are vying <laughs> to pick up this last one spot. And, and I don't, I thought I knew the direction it was going to go until the Reds signed Bennett uh, Souza today uh, for on waivers from the Chicago white Sox. Uh, Souza has only pitched in one big league season. He had an eight plus ERA. Uh, it's nothing spectacular in just a little over 20 innings pitched. Uh, but the Reds are treating this. I mean, he got the welcome to Reds country picture tweeted out. And and I, I don't know. I have a feeling that they think he's going to be part of this bullpen. The only reason that I think, and, and it's interesting because I remember early on in the season, I think it was Mark Sheldon early on, early on in the season, early on in the like pitchers and catchers reporting like a week ago, uh, Mark Sheldon had an article predicting the 40 man roster or predicting the 26 man roster for opening day. And he had who we have listed as a non-roster invitee, Alex Young as making the opening day bullpen. Why? Because he's a lefty. Bennett Sousa. Lefty. The lefty. 
There's really no other reason that I think he probably makes the roster, but I kind of have to agree with you. Like they're, they're looking for another left-handed option out of the bullpen. And it's kind of nice. I mean, there's something sexy about looking at a pitching roster that has two starting pitchers that are left-handed, Nick Lodolo and Brandon Williamson, and two bullpen guys who are left-handed, especially for a team like the Reds, who over the last couple of years, let's say, and and maybe we'll do this when I have more time to drop this on you, but um, how many left-handed relievers can you name for the last decade that pitched for the Reds? And Rivar San Martin you, doesn't count because he just no. Did. And you know, I want to tell you what I'm feeling really old for because the first name that popped in my head was Norm Charlton, and I'm like, you know, that was a <laughs> that was a minute ago. I don't <laughs> think that I don't think that's the answer Jeff's looking for. I mean, I take it, but that's kind of proven the point. Like, I mean, there's been guys <laughs> like like for some reason one of the names that's on the top of my head is Bill Bray. Um, Maybe, yeah, no, like, yeah, it's <laughs> not a lot. Not and a lot. So, your point, so your point is well taken. And here's the thing here's why I like what we've talked about so far. They did sign Hunter Strickland. And if David Bell wants to find a way to get this dude on the active roster, one of the names that we've already talked about has to go. And right. I don't know that that's going to be easy. And I don't know that that's likely. So uh, barring some kind of injury or setback for one of these other dudes, I think maybe Hunter Strickland uh, could be an odd man out. I really, Jeff, I really don't want Hunter Strickland on this. No, 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 no. I want so anybody else (laughs) I want. And, and gosh, we've gone long with the segment, but I want Derek Johnson to go like game of Thrones on this and go around to Nick crawl and just be like, don't you freaking dare put that guy on the roster, no matter what, david bell says i don't want him the fans don't want him you don't want nobody wants him so make sure that you don't bump fernando cruz ricky karcher joel kunal i don't even care if you're you're thinking about bumping casey legumina the guy that the reds got for uh kyle farmer like no don't do it don't do it don't do it at all but you know what steve just let the young guys pitch. that's really what we're getting at here and uh i tell you what we have talked about that quite a bit let's move off of pitching for just a moment let's talk about Something the Reds struggled mightily with last year, and that is defense. Something that Joey Votto, a future Hall of Famer, had to say about that. That's coming up here in just a moment. Before we get into that, though, I want to let you know you can follow us on Twitter in between episodes. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at locked on reds also make sure you're following us here on youtube that way you know when we go and you have to click the bell to know when we've got new content for you as we're going through the spring training we've got content coming five days a week and when we get into the season we're going to be all over the place man we're going to be all your source for reds news each and every day and hey you know what if you get into the point where you're getting a little frustrated with the reds just watch us. We'll let you know what's going on because we're going to be watching every single game. You can trust that. All right, Steve, uh, Reds struggled a lot last year. Obviously, you lose 100 games, you probably struggle with a lot of different things. Defense was one of them. They could not field to save their life. So obviously, if they're going to surprise people, if they're going to sneak on in, if they're going to hit the over, they got to feel better this year. Got to catch the ball, Jeff. And, <laughs> and listen, 
listen, here's the thing. Uh, I don't need any metric. I don't need outs above average. I don't yeah. need any metric to tell me this team was bad at catching the baseball. This Which is they all say they're bad. This is a Reds team in 2022 that, you know, put a guy at third base that couldn't catch the ball at third base. Uh, Taylor Motter, I'm looking at you. So it's like you would think that that was the low of the low, putting Motter at third base, but it wasn't because they put Mike Moustakis out there as well. Guys that can't catch, you know, so you want to talk about the defense in 2023. It, it just can't be worse. I, I mean, you if, are they going to be better? Yes, because those two dudes that I just that mentioned – aren't on the team, they're not going to be out there missing baseballs. Uh, they have to be just a little bit better, uh, just by default. So uh, that's one. Two, I really think that uh, some of these ball players have taken it personal. Uh, the criticisms of their defense, I think they're going to work on it. Uh, there are some risks with what David Bell intends to do, moving guys around, that initially the defense could look bad while guys – uh, get their feet under them, so to speak. But I really think there's just nowhere to go but up. No, I, I and I agree with you there. I think that, you know, and, and you mentioned guys taking a personal, Jonathan India cut 10 pounds so that he could get his range back to where he wanted it to be fielding-wise. And, uh, I mean, that's just one example of a lot of different stuff. Like they talk about, uh, Bobby Nightingale talked about in the Inquirer that, every day they begin practice with fielding practice. Like basically like you're back in high school or something like that. Like, let, all right, catching pop-ups. Cause even that was kind of tough for the reds last year. And that was something too, in, in defense. And, you know, we've heard them talk a lot about we're creating a winning culture. We're trying to do all this stuff. Well, when Joey was asked, when Joey Votto was asked about the difference that made the reds a playoff contender early on in his career, he said, attention to detail, playing as a unit, we were a really strong defensive team. It was something we prided ourselves on. And I remember that. You can remember, and, and you know, part of it was having a goal, a former gold glove third baseman and Scott Rowland, but also just the way that they all played so well together. They had good defense in the early 2010s there as the playoff years went along. And over the last couple of years, that's not been the case. It's almost as if they relied too much on the shift to help them figure that out. I mean, lest we forget, before Jonathan India was called up, Mike Mustakis was supposed to play second base only. Oh, my goodness. That would have created some memes <laughs> right there. But, yeah, this team has got to be better fielding. And I'm with you. We can quote the stats. We're not going to. Because the eye test tells us one thing, the stats are in agreement too. They're not trying to paint a rosy picture of this um, <clears throat> turd that was the Reds' defense. Wow, that's that's astute analysis right there. The turd <laughs> that was the Reds' defense. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and wrap it up for today that's going to do it for this edition of locked on reds coming up tomorrow it is aloha friday jeff and i are going to go live at 1 30 p.m eastern time on the locked on reds youtube channel so make sure you are subscribed and have the notification bell clicked so you do not miss that episode uh also thanks for making locked on reds your first listen of the day now head over and make your second listen the locked on mlb prospects podcast host lindsey crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going to be able to give you all of the information you need on major league baseball stars of tomorrow today it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like locked on reds jeff 
we are only a couple days away from actual baseball. Yeah, baby. What can the folks expect from us? They can expect that we'll be all over lineups. We'll be all over position battles. We'll be all over the waiver claims, the non-roster invitees, and any move that the Reds make because we are locked on Reds every single day. You think David Bell will let Buck Farmer play shortstop? <laughs> 